Welcome to Openly Gamer Theater's production of Polyabhorrent, A Chronicles of Darkness, Promethean the Created, Actual Play. My name is Aaron, and I am playing Coffin Joe. My name's Maddie. I'm playing Desire, also known as Dez. This is Shannon. I'm playing Audio Speeches. I'm Dan, and I'll be playing Stitcher. I'm Brandon, and I'll be playing Gideon Gray. Content warning. This has elements of body horror, violence, and other mature themes that may not be suitable for all audiences. Maddie, Dez, and Coldmother, you're in the mini talk hydro plant. The security alarm has just gone off. I believe I had mentioned to Dez that they are probably going to have to start killing people. Dez said, No, we're not. <laughs> I don't know how to say this so that you understand it because apparently there's some sort of disconnect here. We're not here to kill humans, we're here to figure out what is going on. Okay. Addie doesn't care one way or another. Yeah, you know, maybe we should talk about that, but maybe we shouldn't do that right now. Des looks around for, like, some sort of circuit board. I want to shut the alarm off with my fists. I don't think that's the best way to shut an alarm off. I invite you to turn the alarm off. I'm gonna try and hack the alarm off. (laughs) Yeah, please. (laughs) Alright, so the thing is, alarm's gonna be on a different system. You can't just find a computer and then hack into the please. same thing that's. Des takes a step alarm. back and like gestures towards the door, like, please, after you, if you're gonna shut the alarm off with your cool computer skills, be my guest. If you really wanna break something, you can break. And I point to like, speaker mm-hmm. that's blaring the alarm. I'm like, but that's only gonna stop it in this room. I didn't take a computer's class. I don't know what you want from me. We can just do whatever. Like, where are we? What are we trying to do here? (laughs) Well, then let's just look around. Maybe we can just ignore. You know where I think that whatever's happening probably is? Where? The basement. It's always the basement. You know, that does make a weird amount of sense. Thank you for your input. Yep. Addy starts marching towards some stairs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Des follows. Okay, so you go out into the hallway and you're just like walking. and uh, I'm looking for like an emergency plan map. Yeah, like you are here. Here's your e- best exits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right there. It's OSHA. Rip it off the wall. OSHA regulation. Yeah, sure. All right, so now you're carrying this placard uh, of a map. I hand it to Des. The, uh, people are, are like coming past and like walking in your direction. And you are getting some strange looks. Yeah, we're carrying a fucking placard. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you've got Cold Mother with you. Yeah, say, no, it's the placard. It's not the eight-foot-tall, <laughs> sorted-dead, sort-of-cyborg wolf. Cold, Cold Mother is with us and still recording, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, we should really stop the recording. Don't here. worry, I'll edit all this out. Okay. I'll edit all this out. Uh, yeah, I look at the map, 
Uh, and I try to ascertain where the downstairs are. There's uh, stairwells and, and things like that. I mean, you're obviously only going to have this particular floor. Mm-hmm. So there is a stairwell 100 meters away, but you have to go past like a more of a common area, and you can hear a lot of voices down that area. Okay. We're going to draw some attention, probably. Oh, because we haven't already? I, you know, I expected if these people were, like, smart or had any sense of, like, keeping yourself safe. What is it? Self-preservation. That's the word I'm looking for. I would have thought that the alarm would have indicated that there was something wrong and that they should leave, but apparently not. They already know we're here. Let's just go. Does we should just try and blend in. That's what Jason Bourne would do. Is that a friend of yours? Can um, we call him for help? I don't have his number. Does you can't just like call Jason Bourne or James Bond <laughs> or Harry Potter? Like, hold what on, the fuck? Oh hold on, <laughs> hold on. Oh Addie, you couldn't call Harry Potter anyway because Harry Potter doesn't have a phone. Phones don't work in the Wizarding World. He doesn't always live in the Wizarding World. Sometimes he lives in in the Muggle World, and they have phones. But I don't have his number. How am I going to get Harry Potter's number? Don't move. Oh, no. How did you get in here? The door. All right, you turn around and you see three armed, black, fatigued guards. Do you have any weapons? No, man. I'm just a YouTuber. We're here for the tour. Yeah, we're making a video and I gesture to my camera. They just stone-faced. Ma'am, put the camera down. I don't, I'm not holding the camera. And I turn. No, he looks at Wolfmother and says, put the camera down, ma'am. Oh, yeah, didn't we decide that Wolfmother looks like someone or something well pyros was used to create wolf mother yeah. so there would be a, a a little bit of a it would some kind of like a, ooze right. disquiet but wouldn't necessarily look like the, the monster yeah it's still weird that you like had her t- tarped up on top of your <laughs> and, and shit like that so <laughs> Like I said, it was really weird for us to unwrap someone from the top of the van. Hey, hang on. Can I just grab the camera from her? I, I don't want her to put it on the ground. Is that okay? Uh, well, Wolfmother wouldn't listen to anybody but you guys anyway. So yeah, that's just like holding the camera until you say something else. So. That, that's why I was asking you. All right. He's, he's just standing there. Cold Mother, can I, have, can I have the camera? Cold Mother hands you the camera. I grab the camera. The guard points through there. First door on your left. The door is broken. We're taking you to the security office. Oh. Notice I did not actually turn the camera off. Might be important later. Who knows? Sure, we'll comply. Des says it's okay. It's okay. I'm not resisting. Stitcher, you you and Carver have now made it through this tunnel. It's actually quite lengthy. And now you're at a security door. Made out of what? It would be a metal, like a metal framed door. Either a keypad or, you know, like you'd swipe your badge to get through. Try your badge on this. Grabs her badge and touches it to the plate and bloop. Yeah, it looks like it worked. We just walk on through then. Okay. You step through and there is a circular, you're in a circular room. There's two other like security doors, you know, identical to the one you just walked through. Directly across from you looks like uh, just an elevator. There's no markings on either uh, any of the doors or the elevator itself. Which one do you think it is? Carver looks at him. I don't know. I mean, how far did we just walk there? He would probably know down to the foot how far we walked. Yeah, we'll say half a mile just to kind of... Okay. But, I mean, that's quite a walk. So. Oh, yeah, that's a long passage. You're definitely not in the uh, Anderson Labs complex anymore. Let's take the elevator. Okay. Pushes the button. Looking at the elevator, does it 
Does this seem to indicate what floor we're on? How does it label the other floors? You mean once it opens? Because on the outside, there's nothing. Right, right. Yeah, I mean on the, I mean on the inside. Inside, there's just another badge plate. That's it. There's no buttons for like whatever floors or whatever. I watch him expectantly or her. Looks back at you and is like, shall I? Yes. Doop. Pushes the button and the elevator door closes. A few minutes later, it's it's a it's not like a you know it's not like the Wonka Vader, so it's not super fast. It just kind of so almost, we're going up. Mm-hmm. How long have you been alive? That's a really tricky question, Stitcher. What context? Like in this body? Because you saw me take over this body. No, I mean the metaphysical you. How long have you existed? I can't really answer that question because I honestly don't know. What is your first memory? Looks at you kind of out of the corner of her eye and says, my first memory is meeting Joe in a barn. How long ago? To me, it just seems like yesterday, but Joe changed. He was in a barn yesterday. No. Uh, If I had to venture a guess, it's probably well over 100 years. What a pointless existence. You got that right. The door opens, and you are in a rather plain hallway that uh, goes like left and right, and you distinctly smell laundry detergent. Okay, so walking to that T, where it goes left and right, Mm -hmm. what do I see looking down each direction? To the left, you see a stairwell going up, and to the right... You see a door. It is clearly labeled laundry. Does it open? Does it have another keypad? It, 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 it just a regular push door. I push it open just to look in and confirm this really is laundry, and they're not like putting everyone's stuff in flux pods or something. Right. It looks like it's a rather industrial-sized laundromat. I mean, it's not like you know, like pay laundromat. It's like just you can tell that there's ten or fifteen gigantic washing machines, dryers. There's actually a person in here, like, unloading one of the dryers. They're wearing tan-colored scrubs. I I just close that door and go toward the staircase, then. You go towards the staircase. Next to the staircase is another uh, elevator, but this one actually has a push button to it. And then, of course, there's the stairs. Let's keep going elevators, so I'm going to hit the elevator button. All right, just a few moments, and then the elevator door opens, and it's a pretty standard, you know, metal elevator door. And on the inside, it looks like it probably hold maybe six, seven people. The numbers are S, 1, 2, and 3. On the side of the elevator door, as it opens up, you can see that the, it's clearly, like, stamped the letter S. Okay, let's go with 3, then. Okay. You hit 3, and it goes up one floor, opens up, and you see a polished floor, potted plants, and quite obviously some sort of a reception area. You see a a couple of people in wheelchairs. You can hear like music playing. And then as the door opens, a elderly woman steps in. So do I not hear the alarm? Is there no alarm on these floors? You heard the alarm coming when you were down in the place that you were before. But once you get into this area here, no, there's no alarm at all. Okay. So this elderly woman's like standing there, like ready to get into the elevator. I uh, block her until the door closes again. (laughs) (laughs) She's just like, she's standing there like waiting for you to get out of the way. And then the door starts to close and you hear her go, are you kidding me? And the door closes. And then you go up to three and it opens up and you see a sitting area and you can see some hallways, two different directions from where you are. And you see a like a raised desk and you see some people in blue scrubs walking around. 
Okay, I just start walking out amongst them, looking around, just trying to get a sense of what's up here. Okay. All right, as you, like, step out, um, somebody behind the desk looks up and says, Do you have a visitor's pass? No, I am looking for Area 6. The guy kind of turns and looks over and says, uh, Marjorie, have you ever heard of an Area 6? And Marjorie is, like, sitting there, and she's, like, on the computer, and she looks up, and she says, it only goes to three, mister. I did not say floor six. I said area six. And then she looks at uh, Carver and says, oh, is something going on at, at Anderson? Maybe you just got twisted around. Carver's standing there, quite obviously wearing an Anderson Labs badge. Do you have a map of this entire facility? That's kind of a weird question. She points over by the fire alarm, and you can see, like, the fire plan. She's in. People here not often care where they're going. Most people know where they are and where they're going already. Is it, if, There is no Area 6 here, sir. And then looks over at Carver and says, and then kind of looks back at you and says, I think I understand. Looks over at the guy and says, call Dr. Wilson. Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. And he like walks off. You're going to be fucking admitted. <laughs> what is he a doctor of? Dr. Wilson? Yes. Generally, he's uh, geriatrics, but sometimes he takes patients your age. <laughs> that seems unlikely to mix a geriatric and a natal unit. I see. I am less than a year old. I understand. You're doing very well for a, a neonate. Thank you. Would you like to sit down? No. Oh. Well, are you thirsty or hungry? No. I have not eaten or drank out of necessity in my entire existence. Indeed, I have only drank twice. Once was to bring a child back from hypothermia. <laughs> she smells like apples now, which is probably pleasant to you. I would imagine it does smell pretty pleasant. If you have cider, I would be willing to make this entire place smell like apples in return for you telling me where Area 6 is. Maybe the doctor knows. That could just be something that uh, that they just don't tell us. While we wait, may I use the other computer? There's a, uh, she points over towards uh, a console. She says, if you're wanting to uh, Google something or what, whatever, that, that, uh, that one there is for patients. Is it connected to the rest of your network? It runs off of our Wi-Fi. <laughs> the same Wi-Fi that you are currently using? She looks over at the, the guy as he's coming back and says, are we on the, is that use the same Wi-Fi as, as what, uh, the internet? He says, uh, yeah, I think so. Could I have you show me just one thing? Sure. Would you please pull up a command prompt on your computer? I don't know what that means. Um, click the windows button in the lower left. She says, okay, honey, let's, let's go sit down and I'll help you with that. There is no computer at that chair. Click the windows command prompt in the lower left. Of this computer? Yes. All right, she looks at the guy and goes, Your computer. And she's like, okay, sure. There you go. Type in CMD. <laughs> CMD. Hit enter. Okay. Type in I-P-C-O-N-F-I-G forward slash A-L-L. No successes. She does it. And the guy standing next is like, Okay. Uh, it, it sounds like gibberish to me. So I note all the stuff about the network. I note like what, what DHCP table she's on, what subnet she's on, all that stuff. And I then turn and say, thank you. I would be happy to use the other computer now. 
Okay. When she looks over at the guy and says, can you just help help him sit down? Okay. And I'm going to go over to the other computer and start changing this network to use the primary employee network instead of whatever guest network they have it on. Okay. Carver's just standing there like, I don't know what just happened. She provided me with important information. Well, I guess that's good. She is kind. Yes. What do you want me to do? Find Area 6. Okay. Let me see what I can do. And she walks off. The security office. A few minutes go by, and the security guard asks you if you have any weapons. They don't actively search you, but you are now being kept in a like a pretty secure room. You can hear on the other side of the door, one of them's talking and was like, why do you take the camera? It's personal property. I can't do that. Yeah. Fuck security. And it's like, you know, the last thing we need is to get sued by some hippie because we took her damn camera. Dez is going to first take a second to be like, I don't feel Joe anymore. We're all, I mean, so we're bonded. So we can always, we always kind of have an idea of how we're all doing, right? We do? I mean, you're bonded with us. You should. Hang on. Let me think. Do you feel different now? Do you feel like. Yeah. Yeah. You thought it was indigestion. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of things happening. Right, but something something's wrong. We should I should be able to feel Joe. Okay, and, so that's a wrong okay, all right. And Des puts a hand in the pocket and pulls out the bundle, unties the, the package and looks at what's inside. And it's the, the terror deck that Joe had before. And they just kinda look at it for a couple of minutes. In just complete silence. You want to play hearts? Eddie, this is serious. He wouldn't have given this to me unless unless he knew. Yeah, you said he was gone. Do you not feel anything? Yeah, no, I, now that you said it, I can... No, I mean, like, emotionally. Like... Oh. Uh, let me check. And Des is, like... Des is crying. There are, like, active tears. Right, okay. Addie starts crying. Des absolutely just smacks her. What the fuck, Des? You're, I thought Am I supposed to be sad or not? Yes, you're supposed to be sad, but you're, you're not being sad. You cry when you're sad, right? That is what you do, but it doesn't have, it doesn't have the meaning if you don't mean it. I used to be in your exact shoes. I used to be exactly where you stood. And I, I thought that you were, I thought you were further along than I was. I really did. I feel like you have such an advantage over me. All of the rest of you have some sort of human component. Even Stitcher has a human component, even if it isn't who he is. I am the furthest from human out of all of us. You've also had more time to learn. And that's why, I don't know, maybe I thought that you would listen to me when I tried to to lead you around the same pitfalls that I fell into. But you don't. You ignore everything that I say. I've listened to everything you said. You parrot everything that I say. You you do it, but you don't... You hear it, but you don't listen. I'm doing the best I can, Des. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. I know that I know that I'm being hard on you. I do. And I appreciate that you are even listening right now. I just need a minute, I guess. And does like turns towards a corner and just kind of sits there. I can't really give you privacy, but and she like, I guess, turns in an opposite corner. <laughs> like, no, she gets up and goes in a corner to like give does whatever. Okay. And then Des takes like a minute and then turns back around and says, do you, do you take the pilgrimage seriously? 
I don't really know. Like you said that before. I don't know what you're talking about. The, the pilgrimage is the journey to become human. That's the ultimate goal, at least. And that's really all that we have. Yeah, being human would be tits. Right. But do you actually want to be human? Do you have like a, a plan to make that happen? Do you? You have to have a plan. You know, I watched all these humans doing their thing. Okay. When you make your videos, do you see people as like humans or do you see them as view count? Do you see them as numbers? Well, I don't see the people who watch my That's videos, not what I, so they are number. They they are just numbers. You are being very literal right now, and for once, I am not being very literal. Uh, Addie just kind of looks at you confused. Are you trying to make a connection with people, or are you trying to be popular? Yes. Yes to what? Both. Isn't that like all these humans? She pulls up like a popular YouTuber shilling him themselves. For content, I'm like, look, this is what they do. Right. Now, I, underst- I understand what they do, but it... I'm trying to do what they do. Do you think that will make you more human? They're human? Probably. At least you recognize that they might not be. I mean, I'm not. Are you trying to make an actual connection with someone? Do you think that you can actually do that through your videos? I've seen the way that you treat these, and it, it seems more like... You're into the production or how it makes you look. No, look, I've met people. Then, we've made connections and I show her some of like the, the, the fan videos. That's not a... That, I mean, maybe you you have made actual connections with people. And we played Frisbee golf with those one guys. You, yeah, sure. But did you... Do you feel like you got closer to being human from that? And it kind of does the same thing where she's like kind of checking out her feelings inside her brain. I don't know. I don't know what feeling human is like. I don't know how to feel more human. I mean, yeah, I don't know how to feel human either, but we muddle our way there. I thought this is what we were supposed to do. We're supposed to act like them, and then maybe if we're lucky, I guess we become them. It's... I guess it's more complicated since it has a name and it's called a pilgrimage and there's stuff going on. I mean, acting human can be part of it, but it's not the only part of it. There's introspection. And there's a level of understanding that you have to reach, but you have to want it. And the thing that I'm beginning to worry about, I don't think that either of you really want it. I want it. I want to be human. I just told you I wanted to be human. There's a difference between saying, like, I want to be human and acting towards that. Des turns around and, like, looks at them like, yeah, you're the one with the key. So then the door opens. A, A man in a suit steps in. Des kind of points like to everybody in the room, kind of like, which one of you's Des? Me. Okay, Des and Addie. Sup? Come with me. What happened to Joe? He turns and looks at you and says, "All of that will be answered here really soon." I will make sure that it that it does. Regardless, um, it just depends on how unscathed you'll be at the end of it. At this point, Addie's pulled out her phone, but instead of being on social media, she has the notes app up, and she's, like, making notes of, like, the stuff Des told her just now. <laughs> the man standing there, he just kind of looks at you as you say that, and then he, he, it doesn't seem to phase him, and he's just like, this way, please. And then he looks at Cold Mother and says, you're to remain here. Des looks at Addie, he's like, balls in your court now, kiddo. It doesn't say it, but, like, says it with a, a glance. <laughs> says all of that with a glance. <laughs> Addie does not understand what she means at all. <laughs> Addie can't even understand 
understand the stuff you're telling her with your mouth and you expect her to pick up on these nonverbal social cues? Are you serious? This very subtle <laughs> glance with volumes of <laughs> information. So he steps aside and kind of like motions for you to come out into the hallway. I say, wait, wait just a second. And I whisper in Cold Mother's ear, wait until we leave, then go find Stitcher. Okay. This, uh, this man leads you down a hallway into relatively open area, almost like a, like a waiting area, and walks over to an elevator, takes his badge, and pushes it up against this black plate. Elevator door opens. I, I continue to follow. Yeah, we're going to. As long as Des does. We're going to follow. Stitcher, you are at this computer. You hack in, you're hacking into it. You're, you're trying to access the main network. All right, so that's a computers plus wits roll. Intelligence roll, sorry. Okay. So two successes. Two successes, okay. You've got the information you need, so you access the main network. Uh, and what exactly are you looking for? I'm looking for anything that's like a map of the building, whether it's – it could be alarm systems, it could be fire control, mm-hmm. it could be – power layout it could be uh, somebody who's like the building manager who just so happens to have like you know a map of the fire escapes or something in here that gives me a sense of the layout of the of this structure okay so you get into the building services department the first thing you notice is that the home network that you're on is for suncrest manor you can call up like fire plans and disaster plans and things like that from the different protocols that they have to kind of get a good map of this. And it is a fully serviced retirement home, assisted living, skilled nursing facility, all that stuff. I attach that to this complex, though. I would have elevators between them and such. I mean, right. that's, yeah. What does it describe that elevator as? And does it map anything past that elevator? The elevator that you came... Yeah. So, I mean, I came here off So, yeah, you cross-reference that, all the different maps that you have. And anything that's, like, strictly, like, structural doesn't have that elevator on it, on any of the maps that you have. Like, it just shouldn't be there. Right. But the only thing that, do, that you do see is when you see, like, an electrical overlay of, like, all the d- different electrical systems... You can see where it's okay. getting fed. Can I send those two conflicting maps, one that says the elevator isn't there and one that says that it is, to the nurse station's printer? Yes. Okay. I'm going to do that and then go get those papers. Okay. The nurse behind the counter is sitting there and she turns and looks as the, print, the printer activates because she didn't activate the printer. Yeah. And you start walking over and she says, did you just print that? Yes. She like reaches over, obviously thinking that you're probably like printing out a crossword puzzle or something and just kind of hands you the papers. Doesn't even look at it. Okay. I take it. Thank you. You're welcome. You sure you don't want anything to drink? No. There is a question I have for you. Where do you believe that elevator goes? She looks down at it and she says, I don't really go down into the, the, the sub level at all. Uh, usually that's just where. So you know it goes to a sub level. Well, that's where the laundry goes. Yeah. There is some storage down there. She's was the laundry room on this map, though? Yeah. If the elevator's not, then... Yeah, the, that particular one... Ele- you talk about the, the elevator that you needed the key yeah, card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not on there. there the elevator that you got the from S to 3 okay. was on there. So there's two separate elevators, the secret one, and then there's the one that actually takes you up and down the floors. Is this doctor a man of authority? Uh, yes, he is the attending physician, yes. Can you tell him when he comes... To come quickly and to bring two milligrams of injectable Ativan. And she laughs and says, 
that's awfully specific. I require its calming effect. Uh, we haven't had we haven't got you admitted yet, so we'll have the doctor come and take irrelevant. You. Well, you you aren't in our system yet. We can't draw any medications until you're in our system. The medication is not for me. Okay, I'll let him know. Where is he? I will let him know. Or perhaps if you can tell me where your pharmaceuticals are, I will prepare it. That won't be necessary. It's it's okay. She points at TV on the wall. She says, it's almost time for Jeopardy. Jeopardy is coming. That is why I'm trying to work quickly. The doctor should see you momentarily. Perhaps you do not understand the severity of the situation. I'm sure I don't. I will help you understand. Is there anyone else in here or is it just her and me? There's eight other people on this floor, just in this area, because it's more of a common area. Right. You know, it's like where people are sitting and, you know, they're, they're having an ice cream social and, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> there's eight other in old this, people. In this lobby. Yeah, well, there's eight. Well, there's the charge nurse. There's the orderly that was with with her. And yeah. then six other people. So patients or, you know, like okay. staff. Now, keep in mind that I am dressed like a doctor or scientist. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. I, one by one, go to these patients. And redirect them to face the wall and just say things like, we need to turn you this direction now. Okay. And turn them so that they are facing away from the main area. Okay. Yeah. So you, you start walking over and like talking to the different patients mm-hmm. and whatnot. The the nurses now, as you like walk away, it's like looks back down at the computer that she's on and starts, you know, typing. <laughs> Stitcher 100% seems insane. Like, <laughs> as like a per- like him going, okay, we're just going to turn people. I'm only a year old. Like, there's no way they wouldn't have already slapped a straight jacket on you. <laughs> well, they don't oh, really, it's not violent. Yeah, they don't really do that anymore. Well, you know, in an underground facility type place, I guess I they kind of would. <laughs> All right. So as you're just like walking over here, like turning people in their wheelchairs or, you know, like whatever. The only people that don't comply to what you're doing are the ones actually sitting there watching TV. They're like, the TV's right there. The TV will not be there much longer. No, no. One by one, the, they just kind of, they'll start to look the other way, or maybe they start uh, entertaining themselves looking at like a newspaper or something like that. So I, eventually it happens. Okay. I then walk over to the TV, pull it off its mounting. Okay. And throw it onto the floor. Just like smash it onto the floor. One of the uh, patients was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How are we supposed to watch Jeopardy now, asshole? I walk back to the nurse's station. Yeah, then the, the nurse is now standing up, and you see her, she's pushing a button on the phone. You're about to get... I let, yeah, I let her. I let her okay. push the button. So she pushes a button on the phone, and within uh, just a few moments, a door opens, and two guys come running down. And they're they're going to grab onto you. Okay, if if they attempt to grab onto me, I will resist, but I'm not going to make any aggressive moves. Okay, the, so and it's not like it's not like they're like being rough with you. It's more of like a "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" kind of thing. I don't think this individual motioning to the nurse understands the severity of the situation. Okay, well, can we get you into a room and maybe it's where it's a little bit more calm? No, you must bring me Doctor Wilson and two milligrams of injectable Ativan. Doctor Wilson will be here just in momentarily. Uh, can we get you to sit down over here? You're scaring the other patients. Good. Okay. Thank you, thank you, buddy. It's it's nice nice of you to comply. And one of them looks. I am at- not complying. Oh, okay. Well, we appreciate you not being uh, violent. I am not permitted to take human life. Mm-hmm. That's that's good news. Would you like some cookies or anything? Yes, one cookie. One okay, along with the hypodermic. 
We'll start with the cookies. All right. So one of them walks off to get a cookie and then he comes walking back. He's got like the little package of Lorna Dune cookies. With him is a middle-aged man, salt and pepper beard. How you doing? My name's Dr. Wilson. What's your name? I do not know. I am fine, but you may be in grave danger. That's what I hear. Okay. May I sit down? As soon as I am brought two milligrams of injectable Ativan. Well, we don't normally do that when we first meet people. Do you take Ativan a lot? It is not for me. It would have no effect on me. Oh, well, who is it for? You. I don't need Ativan. It's okay. You will. Why is that? Because I am going to frighten you, and I do not wish you to suffer a cardiac or psychological event. Well, that's awfully considerate of you, but I think I'll be okay. you. You may not be. These are not experiences you have been prepared for. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll be the judge of that, if you don't mind. Then perhaps you should bring it with you. We'll have it uh, readily accessible. How about that? As you wish. Follow me. And I turn, I start walking towards the elevator that goes down to laundry. You stand up and start to walk. Security guard kind of looks at him and he's like, shrugs his shoulders like, let's just see where this goes. It's okay. He's not hurting anybody. He's like, but just, you know, we'll see see how, how it goes. This, and then looks over at the nurse and says, do we know which room he came from? She's like, I have no clue. He just he just came up here with uh, some woman from from Anderson, and she dumped him. Great. Okay. All right. All right, buddy. You're going to show us something that's going to scare us. Okay. okay. Only if you are unresponsive. I hope not. Yeah. Me too. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see we'll see where this goes. Okay. We won't allow you to hurt anybody. I do not wish to hurt anyone. Okay. We won't allow you to hurt yourself. I do not wish to hurt myself. All right, then we'll just see how this goes. I did make a promise to hurt one person, but I have not found this person and I'm not convinced they exist. Will you at least tell me if you see this person? I will not know this person immediately. Well, before you hurt anyone, please let me know. If you are present, I will let you know. Thank you. Okay, well, uh, what should I call you? You don't have a name? I do not know my name, but because of my appearance... They have called me the stitched one or stitcher. That's awfully rude. Is it? How does that make you feel? I do not feel. Emotionally, it doesn't It doesn't hurt your feelings? No. Well, I'm not going to call you stitched one or stitcher. What else may I call you? What would you like to call me? How about John? That is acceptable. Okay. I will pretend I am John. That's fine. As long as you respond to it when uh, and, and you're okay with that, then I'm okay with it. Well... John would like to show you something in the laundry area. I hear the security guard go, what does that even mean? And the doctor says, it's okay. Just, it's fine. Okay, John. Yeah, sure. Lead lead the way. Okay. I walk over to the elevator, press the elevator button. And you take them down to the laundry room? Yes. While we're on the elevator, Dr. Wilson, being a doctor, I am going to assume that you're an educated and intelligent man. Unless you ask my wife, yes. So you and your wife do not get along. It's a joke. I see. I was going to recommend a therapist. You do realize that building plans are a matter of public record. They must be filed with the county and sometimes the state for construction permitting, for ongoing maintenance of utilities, for inspection, for emergency services. These plans must be filed in advance of major construction. They are filed by construction companies before construction is undertaken, and they must be kept accurate and up-to-date. Therefore, any plans of the building on file would be required to be accurate. Do you know these facts? That sounds very plausible. Major structural facets of the building would not be overlooked in such records. Minor ones, such as the changing of a 
non-fire and non-load-bearing wall might mismention, but large structural changes, particularly those that would affect utilities or emergency services, would not escape notice. They would be described before even being constructed. Therefore, going by this map, when we walk out into this hallway, there should be stairs here and a laundry room here and no other features to this hallway. Okay. When the elevator opens, Mm -hmm. I then turn him to the elevator. Why is there an elevator in your facility you have no access to and does not appear on structural diagrams? They're not on the maintenance files? No, only on the map for electrical wiring. The security guard puts his hand on the doctor's shoulder and then leans in close and whispers something to him. Can I hear what? Uh, let's do a, that would be a wits plus subter- subterfuge, I believe. I think subterfuge is literally the only one I have. Throw a willpower on this one, running out of willpower. Nothing. He whispers something, and then Dr. Wilson turns and he says, okay. And then he looks back at you and he says, well, John, I, I, I don't have an answer to this because I don't come down to the basement storage area and, and laundry room area. You are responsible for one of the most protected and litigated groups in existence, the elderly. There is an entrance and exit to this facility, and you cannot explain it. Doesn't this disturb you? Well... And he kind of sits there for a second, and he's looking at you, and then he looks at the security guard, and the security guard then says out loud, Sir, we need to go. No, we do not. How did you know this was here? This is where I came from. The Hmm. time is coming when you may want the Ativan. The security guard grabs onto the doctor and like starts to pull him back. You should let him go. Dr. Wilson turns and says, No, I want to hear what he has to say. And he says, No, sir, you do not want to hear what he has to say. I reach into my bag and take out the bone saw. You should let him go. The security guard sees you pull the bone saw. Dr. Wilson holds out his hands like, hold on, hold on. I will not harm you, doctor. And the security guard pulls his sidearm. Okay. I stop it from functioning. Okay. It's an instant action, no rolls. Right. So um, he doesn't say. So I I let him pull up. I do not make any note of the fact that I've deactivated. I let him think it is fully functional. I spin the buzz saw just Buzz up a few times. Right. You should let him go. He pulls his sidearm. You do not want to do that. You have lost control. We've got a code zero. That's all he says. And then he points his gun at you. Doesn't say stop. Doesn't say put it down and just pulls the trigger. And then he looks at the, the pistol. Such a terrible choice. You might have just made yourself the person I was looking for. Doctor, please close your eyes. Dr. Wilson's like, hold on. Hold, wait, what, what's going on? Why would you pull the trigger? Why would you shoot at this man? Doctor, close your eyes. He's kind of freaked out. So you're going to have to get through to him. So we're talking either a, a, a persuasion or a, a manipulation. Can I go with intimidation? Yes. Manipulation plus intimidation. Four successes. All right, so four successes. He closes his eyes and just kind of turns away because he, he kind of sees what's, I guess, what's happening, or at least you're like, doctor, turn, turn away, turn I, away. As soon as he closes his eyes, I drop the facade and look at him with the skull with the cybernetic eyes and all the wires and rotten flesh, and I just open my mouth and make like this ghostly shrieking noise. Okay. Is this some sort of like a, an effect you're trying to do? No, I'm just fucking with his head. Okay. So let's go <laughs> ahead and- Just trying to force him to roll. Yeah, I'm just trying to terrify. Yeah, yeah, I'll force him into a disquiet. Okay, attack. yeah, that that's certainly something we can do. So you're rolling your Azoth and you're wanting to fail this roll? Yep. Well, unless you, no, you're not necessarily wanting to fail this oh, roll. Oh, yes, I, I'm trying to terrify him. Yeah, so you Oh, can, so I want to succeed. Yes. So what is it, my Azoth plus what? Resolve plus composure minus Azoth. Uh, is that what the guy is rolling, I guess? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. So you you do this unearthly hiss at him. You drop your mask, and he looks at you, and he just points the pistol at you again, and just is constantly pulling the trigger. Now, of course, nothing's coming out. Okay, I'm going to attack, preferably the gun with the bone saw, but if I catch a little bit of his hand, so be it, it won't kill him. <laughs> Weaponry plus strength. Yep. Minus his uh, defense, so his defense is two. And then you're doing a called shot, so that's going to be minus four. Oh, shit, so I got a whopping one die. Okay, there's going to be some willpower in there, so I actually have a shot at success. Okay. Three successes. All right, so three successes on the gun. Yes. Uh, what's the base damage of the, of the bone saw? It enough is enough to cut through a bone. Base damage is five. So five, and you got three successes. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, maybe more. Oh, it's an eight. It's, eight a nine, it's a nine and ten again. Oh, okay. Three successes, five damage. So eight damage to this pistol. Yeah, and it's a it's a tungsten blade because I cut through metal with it, so it's made to cut through metal. Right. So, so as he's steady pulling the trigger, click, 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 click. Bone saw goes zing and cuts it to the point where the the barrel just falls off, barely misses his trigger finger. And so then now he's holding is a handle. Okay. So now that I'm within just a few feet of him, I just pause, shortest of seconds. Tilt my head a bit to the right with these unseen lensed eyes, nose cavity, and jagged teeth, and just give him this deadpan look. Run. And he does. Leaves the doctor behind. You, you sliced his weapon in half. He just starts running for the stairs. I retake my facade, put my hand on the doctor's shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's quivering in fear. You may open your eyes. He says, please don't hurt me. I have children. I am not going to hurt you. I told you that. He opens his eyes and looks, and he like looks around like expecting to see blood or whatever, and he just he sees the destroyed part of the, the handgun and looks back at you, and he says, I don't understand. That's what I have been trying to tell you. You don't understand, but you are going to help me figure this out. One of your security staff just attempted to kill me for doing nothing more than pointing to an elevator door. John, why are you here? To stop a plague. That is about to be unleashed upon your kind. I don't understand, but I believe you. Good. What do you need, John? I need to know where something called Area 6 is. I don't know where that is, but I know somebody who probably does. Who? The security chief. I can find him, but there may be bloodshed. Or you can help me search the lower levels and use what access you have. And there will be less bloodshed, but a lower chance of success. Which would you prefer? You are morally capable of making this decision. I am not, as I am an amoral machine. I'll help you, but I don't want you to hurt anybody. Can you wait here, and I'll be back in a moment? I will wait exactly ten minutes, and then I will come for you in great force. Please, don't hurt anybody. Just just give me, a, just give me ten minutes, and I'll be right back. So as soon as he leaves, I do two things. One, I start a ten-minute countdown timer. A literal ten-minute countdown timer. Okay. The second thing is I'm going to assume the laundry machines are fairly damn loud. Yeah. And you said there's only one person in there? Right. Can I f- just kind of, just by doing the Rathacon thing around the laundry machines, just sort of stay out of sight and kind of hide in plain sight, so to speak, in the laundry room? Or is there like a broom clause that I can well, put myself oh yeah, there's, in? There's also a little, like a, okay. like a supply area. I'm just trying thing. to hide myself Wasn't somewhere. the one person trying to go upstairs whenever you were and you blocked her? 
It opened on the first floor. I guess. And that person was trying to get up to like the patient area. So yeah, you got your 10 minute timer going. Okay. And I, I go hide somewhere. So as you're hiding, you've got about two minutes left on your 10 minute timer and the secret elevator opens. Can I get a look at who it is? Yep. You see cold mother step out and is holding the remains of like a forearm from like the elbow down. I look at that sideways for a moment. I walk over to Cold Mother. I know you are not a terribly intelligent creature. When you last saw them, were Des or Addie or Gideon harmed? Cold Mother looks at you and nods. Does the arm she's holding, does that look like one of theirs? No. Okay. <laughs> does it have anything on it? Uh, it looks like it has... Um, badge? It has... It, well, yeah, there was a, a badge in the hand and fake fingernails. I take the badge. Okay. I then take the hand. Is there a trash can nearby? Oh, yeah. Better yet, is there a medical waste thing nearby? Um, I mean, it's a laundry room. They might find, like... Yeah, there's, yeah, like, an incinerator area. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, like a, like a sterile... Yeah, like, they would... Uh, okay. They'd have, like, a sterilizer area, and then, like, an incinerator area. Okay, yes. so first of all, I'm going to put Cold Mother in a closet. Okay. Then I'm going to throw the... I'm going to take the badge, and then, but then I'm going to throw the arm into some kind of medical disposal thing. Okay. And then go back to hiding wherever Cold Mother is. All right, and then a couple minutes later, you see uh, Dr. Wilson is now looking around, like, looking. Okay, I, I step out from hiding. Dr. Wilson, are you well? I'm fine. Have you brought the Ativan? I have not. You will wish you had. I may need a, a, a stiff drink after this, yes. I do not suggest bubble tea. I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. And he holds out a badge. He says, I've got a, I got a badge that will access that elevator. I believe I do, too. Hopefully one of ours works. What do you mean you, you do too? I have a sub-creature that brought one to me. I am going to protect you with something very powerful, but it is going to frighten you. Should I close my eyes again? No, you would have to keep them closed too long. And I open the door and say, Cold Mother, your new task is to protect this man from harm. Okay, Cold Mother steps out. Dr. Wilson looks up and is like, um, oh, okay. Uh, hello? Cold Mother? Do you guys have to roll this client on Cold Mother? Do people see different things with Cold Mother since, like... It's, it automatically causes disquiet. That's one, one of the things uh, that we're determining. We only got two successes. So he's freaked out. Whatever you say, uh, he's just kind of almost, like, disconnected at this point. Okay, so I'm going to take his badge and mine and walk over the elevator and see if either of them works. Okay. Both of them work, so it's whichever one you use. Are you getting back into the elevator? Yep. Okay. Going back down. You f you descend, and we'll say that you use the doctor's badge. Okay. And you estimate that, based on last time, as long as it took to go up, it's taking longer now, and you're still descending. And then it finally stops, and it opens up, and you see an antechamber. It's completely different. It's not the security doors or anything like that. This is a completely different area. The walls are, they're almost like they're cut out of rock. And then there is a security door 10 feet from you. I walk up to the security door. Do either do either of the badges let me pass that? The one that uh, Cold Mother try had does not, but the one the doctor had does. Okay. I open those doors. Okay. I want to know how the doctor got that badge. <laughs> yeah, same. Addie and Des. The security guards lead you down this hallway to elevator, uses a badge to open up the elevator. You get in, you ride this elevator way down. 
You come out of this elevator and it's you're in a stone carved room, security door. The security guards are leading you up. Swipe the badge. Security door opens up. You enter into this very, very large room. There are hoppers, almost like a conveyor belt with hoppers periodically throughout this room that lead to like a chute system and lead to industrial-sized, almost like meat grinders. And the sound in here is just like intense, mechanical, like grating sound. I have my camera on my shoulder, like kind of like, so the strap's on my shoulder and it's hanging at my hip and it's still recording. That's fine. And so I'm trying to like kind of subtly move and still get everything. So what you're seeing is up in this almost like a catwalk-like area, you can see these belts going and you see these dog-like creatures with six legs grabbing these black things that are on these conveyor belts and they're throwing them into a chute. They're going into these grinders and then being put into these casks. So you're hearing this like that. And these... I think we found what we were looking for. The main thing you see right away is you see Gideon laying on the floor. You also see... Hang on. I want to try to care about Gideon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is there a role or something story, I can do? A story of my life. <laughs> Gideon is laying there. It's not like he was just like thrown there. It looks like he's like almost like placed on this cushiony area. There's like packing materials and things like that. And he's like laying on it. The other thing that you see is right in the middle of the room, you see Joe. And you see that there are these long probes that have stuck into his chest and have completely ripped him open. This black sludge is kind of pooling around, and you see these these probes every once in a while just kind of move. And as you look up, you see that there is this woman suspended from the ceiling, and she's got these humongous spider-like legs that are, like, braced against the wall, like, holding her up. But then she's got these cables from her back that are supporting her, the center of the ceiling. She's got, like, this woman's torso, woman's head, like, regular arms, and then these spider-like arms. And then once it gets to about mid chest the structure of her body is elongated you see like these massive egg sac and you see that these things are being pooped out of like this egg sac <laughs> and you see these dog creatures are grabbing these things and they're wiggling and moving and they're put they're putting them in the conveyor belt system and then dropping them into these grinders yeah. and the woman is like she's almost like half aware that you even walk in. She just kind of has this look of perverse pleasure on her face. Thank you for listening to this episode of Polyaborant. Theme music by A.C. Rusinov. Background music by David Feslian, Machinima Sound, and Musica Cthuliana. Edited by Gage Verano. Produced and directed by Eric Osley. Chronicles of Darkness and Promethean Second Edition are properties of Onyx Path Publishing. Openly Gamer Theater is property of Side Tangent Productions, Incorporated.